Hello, friends. It's July 3rd. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And this is day 184 of our one-year Bible tour. Yes, today we start in the second half of the year. For those of you who have been with us from day one, congratulations. You've made it halfway through the entire Bible. This is a wonderful mile marker. Yesterday we completed the book of Psalms, and we will start afresh on our second visit to the Bible songbook. And we only have one more day before we complete the twelfth book of the Old Testament, the book of Second Kings. My name is David McAdam, and it is my joy to be coaching you along this inspiring journey. There is so much benefit from a daily intake of God's Word, being plugged into its instrumentality in bringing revelation, discipline, wisdom, correction, encouragement, and most importantly, the knowledge of our holy God, our Creator, Sustainer, Savior, and source of life and power and strength. We are in the final section of Second Kings, which we will complete tomorrow on July 4th. We read about King Josiah today, whose reign is a needed breath of fresh air, starting with Second Kings chapter 22, verse 3. So if you join me, I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, and we will read through to chapter 23, verse 30. Second Kings chapter 22, verse 3. Josiah repairs the temple. In the eighteenth year of King Josiah, the king sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, son of Meshulam, the secretary, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah the high priest, that he may count the money that has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the threshold have collected from the people, and let it be given into the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of the Lord, and let them give it to the workmen who are at the house of the Lord, repairing the house, that is, to the carpenters, and to the builders, and to the masons, and let them use it for buying timber and quarried stone to repair the house. But no accounting shall be asked from them for the money that is delivered into their hand, for they deal honestly. Hilkiah finds the book of the law. And Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. And Shaphan the secretary came to the king and reported to the king, Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house, and have delivered it into the hand of the workmen who have oversight of the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan the secretary told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest, and Ahikam the son of Shaphan, and Achbor the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan the secretary, and Azaiah the king's servant, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me, and for the people, and for all Judah, concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. So Hilkiah the priest, and Ahikam, and Achbor, and Shaphan, and Asaiah went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom the son of Tikvah, son of Harhas, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter, and they talked with her. And she said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring disaster upon this place and upon its inhabitants, all the words of the book that the king of Judah has read. Because they have forsaken me and have made offerings to other gods, 
that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands. Therefore my wrath will be kindled against this place, and it will not be quenched. But to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, regarding the words that you have heard, because your heart was penitent, and you humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard how I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and you have torn your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes shall not see all the disaster that I will bring upon this place. And they brought back word to the king. Chapter 23 Josiah's Reforms Then the king sent, and all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem were gathered to him. And the king went up to the house of the Lord, and with him all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the priests and the prophets, all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord, to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul, to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people joined in the covenant. And the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest and the priests of the second order and the keepers of the threshold to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels made for Baal, for Asherah, and for all the host of heaven. He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. And he deposed the priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained to make offerings in the high places at the cities of Judah and around Jerusalem those also who burned incense to Baal, to the sun and the moon, and the constellations, and all the hosts of the heavens. And he brought out the Asherah from the house of the Lord, outside Jerusalem, to the brook Kidron, and burned it at the brook Kidron, and beat it to dust, and cast the dust of it upon the graves of the common people. And he broke down the houses of the male cult prostitutes who were in the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the Asherah, and he brought all the priests out of the cities of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had made offerings, from Geba to Beersheba. And he broke down the high places of the gates that were at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were on one's left at the gate of the city. However, the priests of the high places did not come up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they ate unleavened bread among their brothers. And he defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, that no one might burn his son or his daughter as an offering to Molech. And he removed the horses that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun at the entrance to the house of the Lord by the chamber of Nathan Melech the chamberlain, which was in the precincts. And he burned the chariots of the sun with fire, and the altars on the roof of the upper chamber of Ahaz, which the kings of Judah had made, and the altars that Manasseh had made in the two courts of the house of the Lord, he pulled down and broke in pieces, and cast the dust of them into the brook Kidron. And the king defiled the high places that were east of Jerusalem, to the south of the Mount of Corruption, which Solomon the king of Israel had built for Ashtoreth, the abomination of the Sidonians, and for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and for Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And he broke in pieces the pillars, and cut down the Asherim, and filled their places with the bones of men. Moreover, 
the altar at Bethel, the high place erected by Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, that altar with the high place he pulled down and burned, reducing it to dust. He also burned the Asherah, and as Josiah turned, he saw the tombs there on the mount, and he sent and took the bones out of the tombs, and burned them on the altar, and defiled it, according to the word of the Lord that the man of God proclaimed, who had predicted these things. Then he said, What is that monument that I see? And the men of the city told him, It is the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah, and predicted these things that you have done against the altar at Bethel. And he said, Let him be, let no man move his bones. So they let his bones alone, with the bones of the prophet who came out of Samaria. And Josiah removed all the shrines also of the high places that were in the cities of Samaria, which kings of Israel had made, provoking the Lord to anger. He did to them according to all that he had done at Bethel. And he sacrificed all the priests of the high places who were there, on the altars, and burned human bones on them. Then he returned to Jerusalem. Josiah restores the Passover. And the king commanded all the people, Keep the Passover to the Lord your God, as it is written in this book of the covenant. For no such Passover had been kept since the days of the judges who judged Israel, or during all the days of the kings of Israel, or of the kings of Judah. But in the eighteenth year of King Josiah, this Passover was kept to the Lord in Jerusalem. Moreover, Josiah put away the mediums and the necromancers and the household gods and the idols and all the abominations that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem, that he might establish the words of the law that were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. Before him there was no king like him, who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. Still the Lord did not turn from the burning of his great wrath, by which his anger was kindled against Judah, because of all the provocations with which Manasseh had provoked him. And the Lord said, I will remove Judah also out of my sight, as I have removed Israel, and I will cast off this city that I have chosen, Jerusalem, and the house of which I said, My name shall be there. Josiah's Death in Battle Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? In his days Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went up to the king of Assyria to the river Euphrates. King Josiah went to meet him, and Pharaoh Necho killed him at Megiddo as soon as he saw him, and his servants carried him dead in a chariot from Megiddo and brought him to Jerusalem and buried him in his own tomb. And the people of the land took Jehoahaz, the son of Josiah, and anointed him, and made him king in his father's place. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament in the book of Second Kings. It is always helpful to take a few moments after we have read through the scriptures to review and reflect and eventually to turn it all over to the Lord in prayer. So let's take a few moments to make some observations. We read of a brief spiritual reformation under the reign of Josiah before the southern kingdom of Judah is swept away into Babylonian captivity that will end the Davidic line of kingship until the king of kings, the son of David, appears. Josiah, the son of Ammon, came to the throne when he was only eight years old. In his eighteenth year as king, when he is twenty-six years old, he is stirred to restore the temple. 
the temple's state of disrepair reflects the utter apostasy and corruption that existed during the fifty-four years that followed Hezekiah's death. The reigns of Manasseh and Ammon had so neglected the ministry of the temple that neither king nor priest had read the book of the law, nor did they know where it was located. It makes you think of how many people today have a Bible lying around somewhere in their homes, but it goes unread. In many cases, they may not even know where that family Bible is gathering dust. As a result, they are unaware of their desperate spiritual condition. The actual temple copy of the law had been lost for years. It was when Josiah initiated the repair of the temple, generously and fairly compensating the workers, that the book of the law was discovered. It may have been the entire Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible known as the Torah, or it may have been just the book of Deuteronomy, but the discovery was enough to bring the king to a place of repentance. Revival starts with the rediscovery of God's word. The Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin to Josiah when he sees how far the nation of Israel had strayed from its privileged position. He tears his garments as he mourns the condition of his own heart and the hearts of his people. In reading the blessings and the curses of the law, he recognized that they were being chastened for their sin. Josiah then turns to the prophetess Huldah to see what recourse was open to them. Huldah brings Josiah a mixture of bad news and good news. First, the bad news to the people of Judah. Because they have forsaken me and have burned incense to other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the work of their hands, therefore my wrath burns against this place and it shall not be quenched. 2 Kings chapter 22, verses 17 through 18. Then the good news to Josiah, king of Judah. You won't have to see this terrible judgment because you will be gathered to your fathers and to your grave in peace. But to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall you say to him, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, regarding the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender, and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and you have torn your clothes and wept before me. I truly have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you will be gathered to your grave in peace, and your eyes will not see all the evil which I will bring on this place. So they brought back word to the king. We don't often think of an early death as an answer to prayer, but that is sometimes the case. In Josiah's case, God was sparing him of the horrific judgment to come upon the nation. The king responded by reading God's word and encouraging the people to take it to heart. He led the people in a renewal of their covenant commitment to Yahweh. He then purged the temple of all the occult paraphernalia, burning the idols, defiling the high places, and closing the houses of prostitution that were associated with their pagan worship. Josiah even took to the northern kingdom and destroyed the altar of Baal at Bethel, the false worship center established by Jeroboam, son of Nebat. In the eighteenth year of his reign, Josiah celebrates the Passover, the central God-ordained feast of remembrance. He did it in such a way that it had not been celebrated in all the years of the kings of Israel and Judah. Josiah was killed by King Necho of Egypt, as the prophet Huldah had predicted, in the valley of Megiddo, so that he would not see the terrible fall of Judah and their being taken captive to Babylon. Now it's time to move on to our next stop, which is in the New Testament, the book of Acts chapter 21, verses 37 through chapter 22, verse 16. 
Acts 21, verse 37, Paul speaks to the people. As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the tribune, May I say something to you? And he said, Do you know Greek? Are you not the Egyptian, then, who recently stirred up a revolt and led the four thousand men of the assassins out into the wilderness? Paul replied, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no obscure city. I beg you, permit me to speak to the people. And when he had given him permission, Paul, standing on the steps, motioned with his hand to the people. And when there was a great hush, he addressed them in the Hebrew language, saying, Chapter 22. Brothers and fathers, hear the defense that I now make before you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew language, they became even more quiet. And he said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God as you all are this day. I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women, as the high priest and the whole council of elders can bear me witness. From them I received letters to the brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus, to take those also who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. As I was on my way, and drew near to Damascus, about noon a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now those who were with me saw the light, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Rise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that is appointed for you to do. And since I could not see, because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me, and came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me, and standing by me said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very hour I received my sight and saw him. And he said, The God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear a voice from his mouth, for you will be a witness for him to every one of what you have seen and heard. And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. And this is the end of today's portion from the New Testament book of Acts. We see in this passage that Paul had the advantage of being a polyglot. He spoke many languages. He could speak Hebrew, Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. For the benefit of the Roman officers, he now spoke in Greek, the precise language used for military purposes. The Roman officer respected Paul's sophisticated knowledge and honored Paul's request to speak to the crowd. He then switches from Greek to Aramaic, the language understood by the locals in Jerusalem. The crowd fell silent and listened to Paul's words. Remember the crowd accused Paul of being against the Jewish people, against the law of Moses, and against the temple. Paul gives his testimony and emphasizes that he is a Jew. He is trained as a Jew and their highest Jewish authorities can vouch that he served the Jewish religion. In chapter 22, verses 3 through 5, he has their high regard for the Scriptures in mind. What he preaches is in accordance with the Scriptures. He preaches the hope of Israel. 
He looks for the fulfillment of what has been promised in the covenant of God, the Messiah. He then tells of his very real encounter with Jesus of Nazareth, the man they had crucified. He describes how he met him unexpectedly on the road to Damascus. The risen and glorified Jesus spoke to him, and a bright light blinded him. The story is verified by the fact that Ananias, a well-respected Jew, was directed by God to receive him, and witnessed Paul having his eyesight miraculously restored. Paul testifies of his commission from the Lord, his having received the gift of forgiveness of sins, and his have being baptized, in Acts chapter 22, verse 15. We will read of his further defense tomorrow. Now we will move on to our next stop on our Bible tour, and we're going to start right at the beginning of the book of Psalms with that wonderful opening psalm, Psalm 1. And reading Psalm 1 today is Peter Healy. Book 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous." but the way of the wicked will perish. Thank you, Peter. So here we are again, Psalm 1. But having read through the book of Psalms, we know the blessed man all the more. He is Jesus, and we are blessed to be found in him. Have you discovered that a daily intake of God's word is making you like a tree planted by streams of living water? As our minds are renewed and we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we will bring forth fruit for God's glory. This is a good psalm for us to memorize. Let it inspire you to put down deep roots into the knowledge of your inheritance and the one who is all your righteousness, the living word of God. Are you ready to move on to the book of Proverbs? Let's draw from the treasure chest of wisdom. Proverbs 18, verses 11 and 12. A rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in his imagination. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Do you trust false securities? Has financial wealth become your strong tower, your imaginary protection? It is short-sighted to trust in our own wealth or achievements. The proverb reminds us that this is an imagined security. Many lack the needed self-awareness to flee the path of destruction. It is not enough to abhor it. We need to recognize that we were born on it. The natural inclinations of our deceitful hearts will keep us on the wrong track until we recognize that we are sinners and need the narrow gate provided in the gospel, the way that leads to life. To take the way of salvation requires humility. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Except you become as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So now with our fresh gleanings from the word of God, let us go before the God of the word. Let's pray. Lord, we have learned the dangers of neglecting your word, as did the people of the covenant under the reign of careless kings. 
We have also learned that there are those who may have the Scriptures but fail to heed them enough to recognize Christ, the living Word of God. We pray that every time we come to the Word of the Lord, we will present ourselves before the Lord of the Word. We see that any image of you that is not consistent with your perfect self-expression in Jesus is not true. To have a God who is all mercy and no judgment is to have made an idol. We thank you for Jesus, the Word made flesh, who is full of grace and truth. May your Word and Spirit continue to have free course in us, that we may be like trees planted by rivers of living water, bringing forth your fruit in your season. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Once again, congratulations on reaching this halfway point, and we look forward to the enrichment we will receive in the second half of our journey, only 181 days to go. So be encouraged. If you have any questions or comments, you'd like to stay in touch with us, you can write us at podcast at newlife.org. And again, if you would like to get a written copy of our commentary with illustrations, you can subscribe at our website, newlife.org. May God's grace be abounding towards you the rest of your day, and God willing, see you tomorrow.